Welcome to The Way Church. We're glad you're joining us for today's message. For sermon notes, service times, and more information, check us out online at thewaychurchva.com. Now let's join Pastor Matt Rothy with this week's message. $323. That's a lot of money. It was to a 16-year-old version of me, especially a lot of money. It was early June one summer when I was in high school that I came home from my summer job working on a grounds crew at a golf course. I took my backpack, my lunchbox, and an envelope that contained my paycheck, and I set it on the corner of my family's kitchen table jumped in the shower, got dressed, got in my car, and went to go hang out with my friends. Later that night, I came back home, walked in, and my backpack was sitting right where I left it. So was my lunchbox, but the envelope, which contained my paycheck, was gone. My mom was in the kitchen, so I asked her, Mom, have have you seen my paycheck? She hadn't. So I ran downstairs to my bedroom, which already looked like it had been hit by a tornado, and turned it over and over, upside down, looking, looking, looking for my check, but it wasn't there. I ran out to my car, checked, checked, checked again for that check. It wasn't anywhere to be found, so I ran back inside and out of breath, asked my mom, Mom, I left an envelope right here on the corner of the table. It had my paycheck in it. Have you seen it? Slowly, my mom put down what she was working with in the kitchen. She looked at me and she said, Matt, I'm so sorry. Everything that was on the table, I I put in the trash and I threw it all away. $323, gone. To this day, I still remember the exact amount that was on that check. I think it was in 17 cents, but I'm not actually quite sure about that amount. To this day, I will never forget the panicked look that my mom and I exchanged as we looked at each other and realized what had happened. Something valuable, mistaken for trash. Could that happen to you? Could you mistake something of value or worth for something that's garbage? Or how about the opposite? Could you mistakenly believe that something that is actually garbage is valuable? God's word in Philippians chapter 3 says, yes, you most definitely could make that mistake. So watch out. It would be an understatement if I were to say that in the text that we're about to look at here in just a moment, the Apostle Paul gets a little excited. That's putting it mildly. As Paul talks to the Philippians in uh, the congregation, the Christians at Philippi, he gets hyped. The text that we're about to read contains it all. It has name-calling and it has weird compliments. It has bragging and boasting that's going to make you just a little bit uncomfortable. And then it has trash talk. And then the Apostle Paul is going to deliver to Christians 
one of the most beautiful truths that there is. Paul's going to talk about your faith. He's going to talk about the foundation of your faith, the reason for the faith, the fact of your righteousness. He's going to talk about Christ. That's why Paul is going to get as excited as he does in the text that we're about to read. And so you're going to have to forgive me if your pastor gets a little bit excited talking about it as well. This is Philippians chapter three. We're going to read verses one through 11. If you have your devices out or a Bible with you, I'm going to invite you to open up to it, follow along and read with me. But the text will be on the screen behind us. This is Paul's letter to the Philippians chapter three, beginning at verse one. Paul says this, Further, my brothers and sisters, rejoice in the Lord. It is no trouble for me to write the same things to you again, and it is a safeguard for you. Watch out for those dogs, those evildoers, those mutilators of the flesh, for it is we who are the circumcision, We who serve God by his spirit, who boast in Christ Jesus, who put no confidence in the flesh, though I myself have reasons for such confidence. If someone else thinks they have reasons to put confidence in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, in regards to the law a Pharisee, as for zeal, persecuting the church, as for righteousness based on the law, faultless. But whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. I want to know Christ. Yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, And so somehow obtaining to the resurrection from the dead. The word of the Lord. Beware of dogs. Did you know the Bible actually has a sign that says beware of dogs? It says, watch out for those dogs. It might sound kind of odd to us, especially modern people who really, really love dogs. But in Bible times, Dogs were bad. Dogs were not domestic pets. Dogs were dirty and dogs were dangerous. They were strays all of the time. And so sometimes people would use the word, the term dogs as an insult for other people. So Paul's getting pretty serious. Paul's getting very serious when he says, watch out, watch out for those dogs, those evildoers, those mutilators of the flesh. But who's Paul talking about? (laughs) Who's he calling dogs? Is it people who are criminals and and murderers? Or or is it like Roman emperors and and people who are persecuting the, the New Testament church? 
Is it pagans? Is it unbelievers? Actually, it's somewhat the opposite. (laughs) The people whom Paul is calling dogs and evildoers are people that would at least consider themselves very religious. Let me give you some background. In the Old Testament, God set up a covenant with his people and a ceremonial law. The law was this. Men had to be circumcised to be counted in the family of believers, to be a a true believer, a part of God's kingdom. Males, whether you were circumcised on the eighth day, according to the law, or you became a convert as an adult, all males had to be circumcised. But then Christ came. Christ Jesus came and not only did he pay for the sins of the whole world and through his innocent suffering, death, and resurrection pay for the world's sins, he also fulfilled the law perfectly. He kept the ceremonial law, the the covenantal law perfectly 100% of the time. So what does that mean for New Testament Christians? Well, it means no more circumcision being required for males to be counted in God's family. And yet, that's exactly what was going on with the Christians in Philippi. There were people, leaders, leading voices who were saying, no, 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 no. For you to be a real Christian, for you to be counted as a true believer, you must be circumcised. What people were doing were were forcing people to put the confidence, their confidence in, well, the flesh as to whether or not they were or weren't circumcised. And that's why Paul comes along and gets so serious. He says, stop, wait, (laughs) watch out for those dogs. Anybody who is pointing you away from the sure hope and confidence that you have in Christ and and pointing you to instead rely on yourself and your flesh, no, no, those people are lying. And then in one verse, with one really odd compliment, well, Paul lays out for us the difference between religion and Christianity. Paul lays out the difference between religion, and when I say that, I'm talking about man-made religion, man-made ideas, and Christianity. Paul says this. He says, for it is we who are the circumcision. We who serve God by his spirit, who boast in Christ Jesus and who put no confidence in the flesh. See, this is the difference that Paul is getting at. The difference between religion and the Christian faith. What Paul says is that religion and religious people are all about working, earning, doing things in order to obtain some kind of right standing before God. It's all about merit. It's all about getting medals, getting trophies in order that in some way you can appease God, make him happy, and he'll smile on you if for just a little bit. It's all about you, your blood set in tears, your flesh, your work. But Christianity... (laughs) Christianity is the opposite. There's no brownie points. There's no gold stars. There's no trophies. There's no medals. There's only Christ. That's why we who are Christians put no confidence in ourselves, in our flesh. But what does it say? We boast in Christ Jesus. 
Christianity is all about Christ. It is all about grace found in Christ. And grace is opposed to anything that is owed. Grace is God's love for you that has nothing to do with you. Grace is God's love coming to you most beautifully and prominently seen in the person and the work of Jesus Christ, his suffering, his death, and his glorious resurrection. How many of you have ever been on top of a really, really high skyscraper? If you've ever been to the top of a skyscraper and you don't have a really serious fear of heights, it's likely that you've never stopped to think about the foundation of the building. If you're staying in a hotel, for example, and you're on the 30th floor, likely you still went to bed just fine, pretty confident that the foundation of the building would hold overnight. I've never really given second thought to the foundation of these buildings until a little while ago, my family and I were, we were on a trip and we were downtown in a major metro area of a large city. I dropped my wife off to pick up our Jimmy John's for us. And I drove around the block looking for a parking spot. And the block I kept driving around was a huge hole. They were evidently building a skyscraper here and there was a massive hole. And what was going on was on that day, they were pouring the foundation to this building. And what it was, was a parade of cement mixing trucks, one coming in after another and several dozen all lined up, all pouring concrete mixed with steel in at the very same time. And as I drove around and watched them and looked at this massive structure being cemented into the ground, it struck me. This is why you don't have to worry about this building moving, about this building falling. It is a massively secure structure based in the foundation of something very, very strong. That's kind of like Christianity versus religion. Christianity versus every philosophy or man-made idea that exists. Simply put, confidence, faith, needs to be based in something. If, if it is you and your works and what you do, well, it's, it's like blowing up a balloon. You can either get puffed up on yourself and really, really confident in yourself until you pop, or you can have little to no confidence in yourself and, and end up looking or at least feeling like a shriveled up balloon, shoulders hunched, feeling no confidence at all. <laughs> Christianity, on the other hand, it's based in the foundation of Christ. Religion sets its foundation in the works of people, in the works of the flesh. Christianity sets its foundation in Christ. Religion tells you to place your confidence, your hope in your works, in people's works. Christianity tells you to base your confidence in the promises of Christ. It's simple. It's pretty straightforward, right? Paul lays it out in the first couple verses of his letter. And yet Paul's not done. Paul is so serious about this that he gets personal, really personal in the next verses. Paul says this, he says, for it is we who are the circumcision, we who serve God by his spirit, who boast in Christ Jesus and who put no confidence in the flesh. 
though I myself have reason for such confidence. Circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews in regards to the law of Pharisee, as for zeal, persecuting the church, as for righteousness based on the law, faultless. Paul says, if someone thinks that they have reason to put confidence in themselves, facts only, I have more. (laughs) And this is the thing. Paul's not bragging. He's begging you to see his point. Some background is necessary. The apostle Paul used to be named Saul. Before he was the foremost missionary of Christianity, the apostle Paul was named Saul, and he was a part of a sect of Judaism that was all about earning it. That was all about stacking up the trophies in order to present yourself as worthy before God. He was a Pharisee, and he was the Pharisee of Pharisees. He was top of his class. He said, if others think that they have been a Christian longer, check it. I've been a Christian since the eighth day, not a Christian, a believer of God since the eighth day. If people think that their lineage is what makes them somehow holy or level up before God, my parents were more believers. My tribe was more believing than them. Who's your parents? Who are your relatives? Apostle Paul goes on more. He says, if any of you think you have more zeal, more enthusiasm, more eagerness to carry out the faith, How far have you gone? I've gone so far as to persecute those who would oppose me. What have you done? Paul says it. He says, if we are going to get in heaven based on the works that we do and the laws that we do, I'd be first in line. (sighs) Almost makes you feel a bit uneasy that the apostle Paul speaks this way. But he's not bragging. He's begging you to see his point. So you see it? You understand what Paul is trying to get us all to see? He wants us to examine the reasons for confidence that we have. He wants us to check our hearts for what is our feelings of strength, our feelings of hope before God. So what trophies are you stacking in your personal trophy case? For some people, it's, it's very Christian things. Some of you are very, very proud of the fact that you've been a Christian all your life, or you've been reborn, or you're in a family of Christians, or you're a member at a Christian church, or you actually give money to a Christian church. For some of you, you have a spiritual pep in your step Because of the things that you do or don't do, you're not indiscriminately sexually active. You don't get drunk. You are someone who serves. You are someone who is the volunteer of volunteers. You're a mother. You're a father of kids who are good. What is it? What is it that is the basis of your confidence in this world or in your relationship with God. For some of us, really at times all of us, it's got nothing to do with the religious realm. It's the fact that 
I'm smart. I'm talented. I'm this or that in the office. I'm beautiful. I'm charming. I'm funny. I'm creative. I'm talented. I'm this more than the next person. And therefore, I'm confident. So what is it? What trophies are you holding on to? I'll show you this. This is a trophy I'm proud of. I don't know if you can read it. It says, Fort Myers National Little League Grapefruit Division. <laughs> I've won this trophy many, many years ago. And just so you know, I, I don't think it's for any sort of championships. It doesn't say that on there. I'm, I'm pretty sure it's a participation trophy, but I'm really proud of it uh, because inside of it is my very first home run my very first home run ball, and it's signed by me. My handwriting hasn't really changed over the years very much. Over the Safer at Home coronavirus, I went through a couple boxes that were sitting in our house, and there's a box full of trophies, actually, and I got rid of most of them. I took them to Goodwill, but this one I couldn't let go of. This one has a special place in my heart. Metaphorically speaking, though, what trophies or what, what medals are important to you? Look, it's not a bad thing to be proud of the fact that you're a Christian. It's not a bad thing to be proud of the fact that you're a part of a Christian family, you're a part of a Christian church, that you use your talents to be generous, to be humble, to be service-minded. Those are all really good things. It's a good thing to, to have talents and abilities, to be funny, to be smart, to be well-read, to be creative. But it's a problem. It's a problem when those things are the reason or the basis for the confidence that you have in this world. Look, religion says trophies, brownie points, medals that you earn ought to be the reason why you have confidence before your God and confidence in your life. But Christianity says something entirely different. Christianity says that all of your trophies, they are in fact trash. They are in fact a big, steaming, heaping pile of garbage. That's what Paul says. Paul goes on in Philippians chapter three and he puts it like this. He says, but whatever were gains to me, whatever selfish things that I thought were advantageous in my life, whatever rule keeping I thought made me right with God, whatever were gains to me, I now consider a loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ. Could it happen to you? Or has it ever happened to you where you have mistakenly believed that something of great worth was actually trash? Or has the opposite occurred? Where you mistakenly believed that something that was actually garbage was of great value. The Apostle Paul admits it. Paul says, I thought that way. Tragically, 
sinfully. I have spent much of my life thinking that my trash was treasure. Paul admits it. What about you? I admit it. But what do you say? See, religion advises and moralizes that in order to be right, in order to feel strong, to feel confidence, you need to find trophies. You need to find good behavior points in your life in order to feel secure in your relationship with God and in your relationship with others. But Christianity is far different. Christianity says that all of your good works, every single one of them, even the mediocre things, (laughs) they're all trash. They're all garbage compared to knowing the surpassing worth of Christ Jesus. Every single one of them is trash compared to knowing the surpassing worth, the surpassing value and greatness of knowing Christ Jesus. And you know Christ. You have gained Christ. You have been found in Christ. And let me tell you this, having been found in Christ and having the knowledge of Jesus Christ, it more than compensates for losing everything else because the knowledge of knowing Christ Jesus as your Lord and Savior is not just a mere intellectual knowledge. What it is, is a knowledge of obtaining and having and gaining everything else that Christ has. I'm talking about the foundation of your faith in an unchanging God. I'm talking about sins certainly forgiven, hope certainly yours, that there's a place for you in heaven. What I'm talking about is Jesus Christ in you, for you, working all things out for you. I'm talking about peace amid panic and chaos in life because you are right with God. What I'm talking about is the God of full and free forgiveness, the God of full grace, loving you, being your God and having his trophy, you. (laughs) Having you as his prize for which he died. And that changing it all for us. (laughs) So now people like you and I, we we look at all the rules that we kept in in hopes of feeling good or, or more close with God maybe because we're sure it makes us happier with him and him with us, maybe because we don't know, but we hope so. We, we look at all of those things, all of the things that we've done, and, and it puts it in its proper light. Our trophies are, are really garbage. Does that offend you? <laughs> I told you that there's some trash talk in Paul's letter. Does it make you feel a little uncomfortable? Paul goes on to talk about how disgusted he is with all the advantages of his former way of life, his former way of looking at the things that he did in life. He says, I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ. The righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. If God's word teaches you just one thing today, I hope, I hope it's that you and I realize just how easy it is to cling to things that really take us away from Christ. To cling on to things that, well, we think are important, that we, that we really love, but 
end up just allowing us to forsake Christ, who's for your sake died to give you his righteousness. Like if there's one thing that I hope God's word encourages you with today, it's this. It's that you have a righteousness that is not your own, that comes from outside of you and for Christ's sake is made your own. It puts a pause to all the pursuing of trophies. It puts a permanent time out on this trying to earn and balance the scales. Gaining Christ, being found in Christ, which is where God finds you, means that you have a righteousness that comes on the basis of faith, which by itself is a gift. There is not another message that is more joy-inducing, more freedom-given, and confidence-creating than this, that you are counted as righteous, not for your sake, not because of your works of the law, but for Christ's sake. He counts you as righteous because of his works, not your own. You see, religion Religion says, I messed up, and all I have in life is a bag of trash. I better hide from, from my father because he's going to be mad. But Christianity, Christianity says something much more confidently. It says, all I have in life is a bag of trash. All I have in life to give is heaping pile of garbage. And yet, and yet I'm going to run to the father because you see what you have in God, your father is not someone who's just not mad or, or looking the other way. What you have in God, your father is not someone who's just looking past your piles of trash, but what you have in your God is someone who took out the trash, who took out the trash, took it to the dump and burned it. And so it's gone. And what he did is he came back home and he dressed you with his righteousness so that you might be found in him, looking like him, holy and perfect in his sight without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish. Tell me this, is there anything that could make you more confident than that? My family was moving. <laughs> I guess that kind of explains why uh, my mom was uh, throwing away so many things and threw away the trash. <laughs> My family was moving, and so my mom had actually laid out on the kitchen table all these piles of papers that she had gone through that, that needed to go into the garbage and the recycling. <laughs> and so at 10 at night, when I <laughs> got home, and my mom and I realized that in maybe eight or nine hours, the garbage man would be here to take the entire tire dump of things that we put on the front lawn for him to take, because we were throwing a lot of stuff in our move we knew there was just one thing to do. I ran out to the trash and I started ripping through piles of garbage. And my mom, God bless her, she was standing out there with a flashlight as I tore open garbage bag after garbage bag and just dug through every single one of them, not really caring that I was getting trash all over my arm, that I was getting really grimy things underneath my fingernails as this stench on a hot summer night stuck in our noses as we tore through garbage bag after garbage bag after garbage bag until we found it, $323 and I think 17 cents. <laughs> I found it. 
Listen, there's a lot of things in life for you and I to dig through. I'll be honest that there are a lot of books, a lot of self-help books, a lot of blogs, a lot of websites, a lot of articles, a lot of religions and philosophies that you can listen to and you can pursue in order to find confidence. (laughs) But they're all piles of trash. (laughs) They're all big, stinking, heaping piles of garbage. Look, we live in a world where most people really are comfortable with the idea that the treasures that we have in our life, we can polish them up. We can make them look good in order to kind of of manipulate or, or at least appease God for a little bit. And that's because we live in a world that's a conditionally based world that conditions us to be conditional people. And we're all about that, that bad people get bad things and good people get good things. But the apostle Paul says that is a lie. Watch out, (laughs) watch out for that idea. And he ends with this passionate plea to just know Christ. (laughs) The apostle Paul says this, I want to know Christ. Yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, and so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. (laughs) Paul got fired up. (laughs) Paul got heated because in Christ, he found an inexhaustible fullness of confidence in his suffering, in his death, and in Christ's resurrection. That's my prayer for you, (laughs) that in his word, that in Christ, as he comes to you in in your baptism and, and in his sacrament, you find in him an inexhaustible fullness of confidence. That's my prayer for you, that you find in that an inexhaustible fullness of confidence, confidence that, yes, we will die in this world. (laughs) And yet your resurrection is both inevitable and necessary. I hope you find confidence that death has been defanged and so there is no dog in this world that can bite you or harm you (laughs) because Christ has conquered all. I hope you find confidence that the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, the same, same God that had the power to raise Christ Jesus himself from the dead (laughs) is in you, is in your mortal bodies so that life may be revealed in you, in me, so that life may be revealed in us. So yeah, even in this world where we'll worry about what happens when I start looking at all of my treasures as really a bag of trash, well, what we find is this, a righteousness that is not your own, but a righteousness that comes through faith in Christ, a righteousness that allows you to throw yourself back into life, back into this world, into all the things that you do, into all the efforts, all the works that you do, and to do so with joy and confidence, knowing that you rest safely in your Savior's arms. So you can do it. You can go and, like the great hymn says, go and spread your trophies at his feet. It's one of my favorite hymns, All Praise the Power of Jesus' Name. It says, sinners whose love can never forget the wormwood and the gall, go, spread your trophies at Christ's feet and crown him Lord of all. Go, spread your trophies at his feet and crown him Lord of all. Amen.